0: Welcome back, everybody, to Who's Your Band. I am Jeffrey
1: Paul. I am joined by Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I'm very good, Jeffrey. I am putting together my top five records of the year, and we're going to talk about that very, very soon. Maybe this week, maybe next week. I don't know yet. It's my big thing I do every year. Every year I do this. Every year it's different.
0: You had a busy weekend, man. You were a couple of shows, right?
1: Yeah. I saw Luke Combs on Monday. I went to see Eric Church uh, last night. You know, not, not a bad it's a bad, uh, not a bad country weekend. So she shined down on Tuesday, hopefully. It's it's good to see music back. It's good to see
0: tours happening. I, I heard this week without a doubt, unless something really bad happens, the stadium tour look like it's it's set. I've been looking forward to that for two years.
1: Yeah. And we got uh, Iron Maiden coming up in October of next year. Iron Maiden
0: is coming up. I thought they were coming in February.
1: October 22nd.
0: Right, they're doing they're doing a different version of Legacy of the Beast. I saw Mm -hmm. that tour that they're gonna do it kind of in support of their new album, (sighs) and they're gonna also mix in with some uh, some greatest hits, which is kind of unusual for Maiden because if they are touring support of an album, they're going to do pretty much a big bulk of the album and forget about The Greatest hits. Yeah, I, I
1: I did a mistake one time. I went to see them and they were doing like a really bad album and I heard the album and it was horrible. And then it says in the Aquarium, they're playing this album in full. I'm like, ah, they're not going to play in full. They're full of shit. They're not doing that in full. There's no way they're doing it in full. And I sat there with like 20,000 people all looking at each other like, are they going to play one fucking song that we know? Like, this is just horrible. And they wound up doing like, uh, how be thy name? And I think uh, two minutes to midnight. And that was it.
0: Well, those are two great songs, yeah. but, uh, in my opinion. You know, Maiden doesn't have a bad album. And speaking of True. musical guests, I don't know. That's a, that's a segue for today. That was a horrible uh, segue. Number one. I was never voted boy to do the best segues. I never
1: was. But um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am. Why I'm, is that funny? I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I don't know because I'm I, I'm am I'm a funny guy. Um No, no
1: that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> i'm looking forward to talking
0: to these two uh I, I check them out they're they're cool they're they're really interesting background interesting music so let's bring them in uh horrible we'll,
1: manager let's get this out of the way horrible horrible manager. And ugly, and but we'll ugly. Talk about horrible disgusting right he hangs out at truck stops but we'll talk about that <laughs> later on
0: <laughs> but we're, we're welcoming in they are they are a recording duo. They are a singing group. Let's let's welcome in Kingston and Grace Star. How are you, ladies?
2: Hi, great. How are you?
0: We're good. Um, lot lot to ask you, but let, let's start with the obvious. Okay, so we we have um uh the Grace Grace Star is from New Jersey, and yes. Kingston is from England. How did how did you guys get together and meet and, and start this band?
2: Kingston would you like to start
3: our little story and I'll chime in Okay once upon a time there (laughs) was a band (laughs) There was a band called Punky Meadows Fallen Angels So Punky Meadows had this glorious comeback um, Our our, um, glam god Punky And um, we were basically hired as background singers so we uh-huh. met in the studio, in Bob Pantella's studio of Monster Magnet, because Bob was on that tour as well. Yeah. And um, I was there. We had um, another singer at first, Jesse Wagner, who then got called to do uh, Lenny Kravitz's tool, tour. And then uh, the bass player, Keith Roth, that you guys may know, actually, said, let's get Star." Not called Grey Star yet. So Grey Star came. <laughs> the first time we actually met was via lots of recorded voice memos from me yes. very late at night singing harmonies. I'm like, okay, so after the chorus, you go, just a light from a tower. And then I go, just a light from a tower. So she she got all of these recording and then we met in the in the rehearsal studio and we went on tour with Punky. So that was um, the first time that we met. And then in a random backstage dressing room in Vegas, what happened then? Bob Pantella was like, you girls need names, you know, names, actual names. And then he figured out what Greystar's name was. He
2: named us. He actually knighted us and named us in Vegas one night. And we became Kingston and gray star.
1: So what yeah. is, what is the significance of gray star?
2: <laughs> well, Bob is our really good friend and we see him a lot. So he always would notice that I always wear gray. Obviously. Right now. Yeah. Um, and I always wear a star on my face and shows. So that is where he came up with gray star.
1: Oh, so exactly. it was really hard to come up with then. Okay, yeah.
2: it was very that there were going to be two R's at the end. Very, he was very felt very strongly about the two R's at the end. So yeah. we we're like, fine. We'll have two R's at the end.
0: So great. I, I don't know for some reason. I think it works. I love. I, I like the name Kingston Grayslide. There's something kind of uh, mysterious about it. I think it would make people want to check you guys out. That's kind of interesting. Like uh, Punky, Punky Meadows, man. I remember mm-hmm. him f- from Angel. Wasn't um. I'm, am I getting mixed up? It was, wasn't you free the guitarist in that band?
3: Keyboard, keyboard player.
0: Okay, right, right. You um, know okay. some weird shit, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but I just remember. I remember the, this band. It was it was during that like that whole glam rock type of thing. That kind of like. Um, I don't know, like more of like a seventies version of t rex kind of like sweet you know that that's why they kind of but a little heavier, and you guys you know so punky's making a comeback, and you guys you guys are kind of like the the Wendy and Lisa of uh oh. this right are you guys a fan Thank of w- for you for
2: saying that that's like a great compliment
0: yeah well let's let's get into the music and i and before I start to ask you some other stuff, first of all um I the the EP, the EP is give me the name of it again. I have it here and I covered in
2: glitter,
0: covered in glitter. I I think it's a really, really fun EP. And there's so much I want to get into about this. But the first thing is, um, listen, you you never ask a, a woman how old she is. So, you know, so I can ask you how much you weigh. Right. No, I'm kidding. Uh, totally uh, what, sure. No, what, I, what, 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 I'm, what I'm, <laughs> I'm curious about is I really, really love the song choices um, that you guys put on this EP and you guys sound phenomenal. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever told you, but you give off a completely Veruca Salt sound.
2: We haven't told it,
0: that. Yeah, they we you can were great. I love Volcano Girls. I remember seeing Sean. I saw a Veruca Salt at Starland Ballroom, and they were phenomenal. They were great.
1: But do you know the story? Do you know the new story that came out about Veruca Salt? What's that? That Dave, that Dave Grohl was actually dating the lead singer of Veruca Salt. And everyone. Which Long one? The Blonde is, or the other one? Uh, I don't remember, but Everlong is about her
0: no no that's gr- that's cool
2: and i yeah. i heard she also uh sang backup over the phone on a song he called yep. her at like, two in the morning and needed like a backup vocal
1: yep um, i've heard that it too it might have
2: been on it might have been on that song i'm not sure
1: it could be it could be that's a that's a little uh a little but, but trivia they for were you, a bro. fun group too yeah. they were
0: hard they could they could sing they they played their instrument. i mean they were a really good band and mm-hmm. i i let's start let's start with a couple of the tracks here um the the one that stands out to me uh, that i loved was um the in excess song don't change like why why that that song and also almost every song that you pick is not like the song that the band is totally known for except for the talking head song okay the in excess song what a great cover go ahead
2: I don't even remember how we chose that. That was the first one we ever recorded together. But I think I, I think it I was I your think... idea. Oh.
3: It, oh, it was totally Grace Star's idea. She's like, "Let's fucking do this. Let's try it out." It was the thing that we. It was the song that we used to create our sound and our vibe. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. It was it was that first one, and yeah, it's it's not the most well known song, which we dig. Love Which I love
1: that, too. Like, I love when you when when an artist takes a cover song. It's so easy for like anybody to go, hey, we're going to do Stairway to Heaven. Right. Like, you know, you know what I loved was um, uh, Sophie B. Hawkins. Do you remember her?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. She was yeah. fantastic.
1: She did a, an amazing, amazing cover of I Want You by Bob Dylan on oh, yeah. her first album. And, uh, you awesome. know, not a popular song in the least bit. And when Dylan sings, he's just atrocious to begin with. But she turned this into such an amazing, amazing cover. And that's that's one of the things I've noticed about, about your guys' EP, too. It's like it kind of takes it a little different, a little different. Like, I love Suffragette City, first of all, because I'm a huge, I'm a gigantic David Bowie fan.
2: You know? Oh, great. So is great. King Crimson.
1: Yeah, huge David Bowie fan. There's actually a great, I don't know, um, uh, where you are in Jersey but if you live near Jersey City, New Jersey, right outside the Holland Tunnel, if you're going into the Holland Tunnel, you look to your left and there's a ginormous, it's probably 30 stories high mural of David Bowie. Wow, I
2: haven't
1: that, seen Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. It's like one of the greatest things I ever see in New Jersey. Like I, whenever I have to go into that area, I've seen it a uh... million times and it's just just to me. I have a I have a huge Bowie uh painting in my dining room as well too. Oh,
3: it's so cool. Jason yeah. making a note of making a pilgrimage to Jersey City. <laughs> so yeah, you, 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 don't ever
1: go, you don't ever want to go to Jersey City. Just just so you know, you never. We want to skip Jersey City go right to. Hoboken. I gotta go
3: right by. See yeah, the right go. To just go okay.
2: yeah. Okay.
0: But if you check out the rest of their EP, <laughs> so you have Bowie uh, suffragette City. That they, they do ACDC Big Balls. And mm-hmm. They're doing <laughs> uh, Psycho Killer, Right, uh, which
1: is a song that I despise, and I actually liked this version. No, this was a great <laughs>
0: version, and that and that that entire. That is a risky uh, venture there, going there because you mess up that song, you're going to be ostracized for it because that is like one of those almost like an untouchable song. First song David Byrne ever wrote, too. Um, but but, uh, you know, you, you seem like young girls. So how did you get into this type of music? Especially like, if you went back. Like to seventies, you you guys are into punky meadows. So how, you know, what kind of music were you into growing up, and how did you get in, into this type of music?
2: I think we got into well, I've always liked all different types of music from all different genres. My parents love music, so we'd always be listening in the car, to all different types of music. And then I think, as far as punky and that stuff goes, it's the people that we who who are in our orbit kind of shape who we kind of listen to and who we kind of like want to cover and things like that. Like Keith Roth from Sirius XM, the electric ballroom. He, he's like the punk rock King. Like he knows everything about punk music and then there's punky who's like the glam rock King. So we, we're kind of, and then there's Bob Pantella from monster magnet. We kind of like learn all these little gems from the people that are around us. Um, but growing up, I loved all kinds of music. I loved, um, Rock, but I also loved pop. I was a dancer, so I, like I loved Prince and the Revolution, but I also loved Def Leppard. Like the, I just I loved all types of music. So I think it's just all a combination that's part of me. Um, and then Kingston, being from England, liked different kinds of music than me. And then the combination of those two things together is kind of like how we get got our cool sound. I think.
1: It's so important to be diverse, you know, when you're when yeah. you're doing a band. Cause like, you know, I my my styles go from like hard rock and metal and country, where my guitar player was very influenced by the blues and oh, and, cool. and like blues yeah. rock. So like yeah, we would yeah. we would meet in the middle and we just, you know, some of this great stuff can just come out from the diversity as well.
2: Yeah, that happens with us too. Our, our guitar player is Derek Hawkins, who played in um stabbing Westward and Space Hog and with Love Eight.
1: Stabbing Westward, yeah. So, um.
2: And um he is a huge Van Halen fan. So whenever we're like working on something, it always comes out like it always comes out sounding like Van Halen-ish. So like that's his thing. And then you know, like Kingston loves Bowie and the Beatles and that kind of vibe. So like that comes out in what she's working on. And then I'm more of a rocker. So that comes out in the stuff I'm working on. And then it just kind of creates this really unique blend, I think. Um, did did yeah. the,
0: either one of you play in bands in high school? Yeah. Oh, you you did, I Kingston. Didn't.
3: I did. I went, so, so I grew up in this tiny, tiny, tiny little village in the middle of nowhere in England. Um, But I went to this really cool, tiny little independent, very art based school, which happened to have a rock school associated to it. So like one high school in the yeah, there was a rock school, East Sussex Rock School. So. On one end, I'd be like doing my ballet and doing dinner and theater and Shakespeare. And then I'd go down the hall and meet with my vocal coach, who was a huge Iron Maiden fan and a bass player. He actually played um, for Angel Witch for a while. So, so he had this like long haired badass rocker and I'd go in and be like, hi, I want to <laughs> sing a lannis. And he's like, OK, but you have to scream it, lady. And he would make me go outside in the forest because I'm like, I want to learn how to roar like corn. And he's like, all right, cool. Go into the forest with a friend. You need to do A, B, and C. And he taught me how to roar like corn. So it was this very weird juxtaposition. So then I've been playing alternative/slash rock music since I was, you know, a, a teenager in the middle of the forest until I moved to New York.
0: <laughs> you you guys your your musical taste is all over the map. Yeah. You know, between Korn and and Alanis and Prince and you know. Um so when it came time to put together the EP and choose the songs. Were there any songs that you guys kind of clashed over or, or songs that like, you know, maybe one of you felt more strongly about doing and the other one was like, oh, I don't know if this is really kind of what we're going for. Any or, or do you guys see eye to eye on just about like everything?
2: I think we saw eye to eye on everything for this. Um, the one surprise was when Kingston called me and said, I have an idea, but I don't know if you're going to like it very much there's a song that ACBC does. I don't know if you've heard it. I'm thinking like, of course I've heard it, whatever it is. And she's like, it's called Big Bulls. And I was like, that's genius, <laughs> fucking genius. So we were, that, was, that was just the one that kind of came out of the blue it was the last one we did. But I was like, that is so genius. Cause girl singing it just takes on a whole nother. Meet. Oh yeah. like a girl okay. tenso, mm-hmm. Really, you know what I mean? Like, well, we've got okay. big balls too. What are you talking about? I and
1: love how she adapts, she adapts the, the 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 British accent, like a good duo does. Like, I make fun of Jeff all the time, and I make fun of the way he talks and the way he looks and his comedy and the way you know he lives his life. Basically, I make fun of everything about him. What I'm trying to say, but it's it's a great thing because in the, in the end, you're a duo. You know what I mean? Like, and I hate to say it, but me and him are kind of, too. Aww.
3: That's cute. Take, That's cute. I'm in the Christmas spirit, um, God damn it! I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you. That uh, all fuzzy.
0: Yeah, well, I, 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 I question that, because if he's not insulting me, that means there's something up, you know? <laughs> hey. Uh How long have you guys been together?
2: Four years.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, I think... <clears throat> We think okay. four years. Do we count the pandemic year? Is that a void? Well, I don't think
1: well, <laughs> comics don't count the pandemic year, but I think musicians can because okay. you guys can go into a studio and kind of record. And,
3: yeah, we write. Stuff. okay, so yeah, I yeah. think four and a half years actually. We're coming up okay. on five in March. I mean, yeah, we released our EP. Thank God we had those songs in the can because we released our EP during the pandemic, which was weird, mm. but cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think can, I we think, we think this year,
1: this year is uh, the end of this year, like the last six months of this year. And I think the next six months of 2022, you're going to see some absolutely brutal, amazing music come out.
2: Yeah, because okay, people were
1: stuck. And so far, some of the stuff that I've heard, like some of my favorites are putting out some of their best stuff, like Ed Sheeran's new album, I think is amazing along with bullet for my Valentine put out their best album they've ever done in 15 years. So I'm all over the place when it comes to to music too. But I think that was the one good thing about the pandemic. As far as uh, art goes, we kind of got put on the back burner a little bit. We had to do some garbage shit when it came to comedy, but musicians, zoom shows, ugh, zoom shows and parking lot shows, people sitting in their cars. I and, sure we did a parking yeah, lot
0: show. Me, me and Sean did it. I mean, I did a bunch of those parking a lot of shows, and I was the opening act for a movie. You know, that an outdoor movie. <laughs> um, but, wow! Yeah, but yeah, you know, we, we could talk about us another time. I'm glad we have you girls here. Uh, another cool thing about the two of you, and, and it's refreshing that you have the two of you, and you know, you're you're kind of like a throwback, and you've played with some like really legendary musicians, like Earl Slick. Who you know, Bowie guitars and a Staten Islander, Sean Earl Slick was a Staten Islander. Uh, Clem Burke uh, from Blondie and I remember I he when Blondie was on hiatus, Clem started another band called Oh My God. Uh, they used to play like the punk scene, like at uh, Peppermint Lounge in the city, and I and I remember I would go and and catch the shows. I was in high school and I actually became friends with them. And, like, you know, he actually gave me drum lessons. Um, <laughs> but I, I can't remember the name uh, for me. You uh, know, it's adding
1: it, so much to this interview, too. Huh? <laughs> so he's such a dick.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, but... Um, I mean... How, how did you guys hook up with like, and it was other other uh, musicians as well that you played with besides those two? You know, uh, do you guys feel intimidated? Do you, do you do you do you like? Do you feel like you know, like when Sean and I like, we, we'll, we'll perform with someone who is like legendary? You know, sometimes you got to psych yourself up, like no. like no, you yeah, know, I do. Hey, no, anyway, I, I never feel, I, I never just go I out there and I unworth. go top
1: that, and I, and I walk off the stage. and I drop the mic and make them fucking work. Yeah, see, I, never,
0: I never feel unworthy of it. The only time, Grace, Grace, Star, the only time <laughs> oh, I've ever felt that way. I don't know if you know it. I was in this movie called The Irishman. Okay, and I was and I worked uh, alongside uh, Pacino, and I never and I was like, you know, I hope Pacino is, is, is lucky that he's working with me. I hope he realizes that. No, I got along. It was great. But how, about, how was it working with Earl Slick, Clem Burke, and some of the other legendary performers that you guys... Uh...
2: Well, first, we have to give props to Keith Roth because he's the connector of everyone we've ever met, basically. Not everyone. Most of the time, it's Keith who's like, do you guys want to do this or that? Do you want to do this or that? Um, A lot of people Amy knows, sorry, Kingston knows from her former rock life before I knew her as well. She... Um, was in a band called The Wallflowers, right? Do I have that? Wildflowers.
3: Right? <laughs> That's okay. Everyone does that. The what, what
2: is the name of the band again?
3: Dylan. play Wildflowers. Tony Harnell and The Wildflowers.
2: With, the Wildflowers. Who's yeah. close? Yeah. You
1: know, Bob Dylan's son. Nobody's yeah, right. confused of it. it's with fun. The
2: Wallflowers, who I love, and yeah. Jake yeah, Dylan's eyes are everything to me. Yeah. Um, but Keith, <laughs> you should
3: quote that. Grace, Jake Dylan's eyes are everything <laughs> to me. <laughs>
2: that's like all we got out of this interview basically carry on um Keith Roth introduced us to a lot of people and he put us on that David Bowie tribute album called Hero with which is why people. we did Suffragette yeah gotcha. we did Suffragette so thank you Keith Roth I don't know if you'll see this um he's like our brother and he owns the record label that we're on Mean Man Records so he oh, wow. is always like putting us into these very awesome scenarios that's cool the fun
3: thing recently is that we um, opened for Flock of Seagulls. Sorry. A Flock of Seagulls, which we love them so much. Yes. And that was like a moment where we're waiting. We you know, were like a little that. nervous that night.
2: Like a we were a little day. bit nervous to meet Mike's score. Yeah. yeah. Does, does, does Mike still him? have hair?
3: No. 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 Do you know how badly I wanted to do the, the to do this with my hair, like do you know, I was like so close, and I'm like no, because he's gonna think I'm taking the piss, and that would be horrible. <laughs> right, kind of takes away a little bit of the allure
0: then. of flock of seagulls that he
1: doesn't have that hair.
3: You know, though, it's it's they all right. He still have the allure. They still got it. That band, could, his I could band totally
1: see hidden. Jeff having that haircut in like 1984
0: <laughs> oh,
3: did, did you have it? Did you yes, have it? Yes, I did. Good.
1: Wow.
0: I was, I was, I loved, uh, space age love song.
3: Yes. That
0: was
2: one of my favorite songs. They played uh, that. that, Everybody was just, you know, goosebumping. It was just, it was was a great night.
3: It was a great night. And and it was really funny because after we met him and said, hello, um, our wonderful drummer, Rob, who's effusively greeted them at the door because we were sharing a drum kit. Um, it's yeah. like hi, the legend. So we're having a chat, and we're like, just so you know, because you know, we we do some covers in our set. We're like, just so you know, we took Iran out of our set, and Mike scores like, why? We could have had an Iran off, and we're like, oh, <laughs> we are now best friends. We're our best friend. So funny. Day. We could have had an I ran off. Yeah, with his with his liver puddling and accent. He's like, "Why? We could have had an I ran off." And I'm my like, you just made my fucking life. Thank you. Very much.
0: <laughs> was is his brother
3: good. still in the band? No. no. It's- it's he has assembled a really beautiful group of musicians, some of whom have been with him for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it's him, it, it, it's him, and then his musicians around him. Mm-hmm. Talking Talk about creating a vibe, though. That, that, oh my gosh, they are amazing. And yeah. the sound and the vibe are just beautiful. It, it was Wait, a really, re- repeat good
0: it, uh, Kingston, because you kind of froze up a little bit.
3: Sorry, I'm going to tell you again. So the vibe that he and his hand creates now is, is pretty amazing. Just the, the, the soundscapes, like he's, he's a soundscape creator, right? That, that, that whole, his whole new wave thing was all about creating moments and atmospheres and that shit just, waved from the stage all the way through the audience it was really beautiful I with
0: flock of seagulls they were you know obviously it was the music but it was also about like the look as well yeah it you was know, the look the fashion you know the, the um so you guys I, I saw you guys got to play with flock of seagulls are there any uh plans for a tour coming up in uh in the new year
3: we hope so yeah we're, yeah. we're working we are- Booking our asses off at the moment. We're also um, taking a moment to do some writing and get some new stuff under our belts.
0: Mm -hmm. That was the next thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, as much as I like the EP, I was kind of trying to find some original music. Is there any plans for, uh, it sounds like there is, you know, a a, a full length album of original stuff?
2: Yes. Yes, we actually started working on that and then the pandemic happened. So that's why we released the EP first because those were kind of done already but they were supposed to be on the full album with our original song so we just kind of shifted gears for a second i but think that's kind of that a smart it.
0: move uh, yeah uh right, because i think when you re- release an album of covers it draws people in and now they kind of like know you and like hey man you know these covers are done really well now I want to take it to the next level because when you kind of go on Spotify this is the this is the difference I think in the in the music business and I think it was maybe um Rob DeLuca uh from a UFO who who he was on the show and he kind of uh, brought this up as well with the changing of the music industry, from you know, because I back in the, back in the day, I also used to work uh, in A and R at CBS, and um, you know, bands would go out and they would uh, tour, in, you know, to, to support the record. Now you're, you know, you're basically giving away the record to support, uh, you know, the tour. That's how that's how bands are uh, making their money, right? Uh, right. So I, I think. I don't know. Where where, where are we going with
1: this? I think what happens is, you know, (laughs) 25 years ago, you'd sell. If you heard somebody say they sold 10 million records, you're like, wow, that's a really big fucking deal. You know, like no matter what. Here's some of the here's some of the numbers for streaming. I don't know if Jeff, if you even realize this or not, but here's some numbers. Amazon Music, you get four tenths of a cent per stream apple music you get just under eight tenths of a cent per stream
3: painful painful
1: it is unbelievable title which is jay-z's service actually pays the most out of everybody and he only pays a little over a, a penny and a third per stream like i don't understand how artists can actually even consider making it at this point like you have to truly love what you're doing unless you become viral and do a stupid tiktok video with one of your songs behind it it's i think it's even harder to make a living doing this now you can get famous but i don't know about making a living at this point
2: yeah i think you're right i think it has to become like you just love doing it and if you happen to make money that's like a bonus feature it can't be like your main thing especially if you're just starting out or if you're not super super famous.
0: Here's the point I was trying to make before with, with with the record business compared to like what's going on now with, with Spotify, at least with the record companies, what they would do, they would sign a band and you wouldn't have to listen to all this like mediocre crap. If you go on Spotify, you go on YouTube, go on any streaming service, there's so much like generic ugh. You know, type of music like you get bored and you you just kind of stick to the band, you know, so it's hard to kind of be into new music and radio really doesn't play new music as much as it used to be. So it's very hard for a band to break. So that's why I think it's a smart thing that you put out the EP, draw people in, and then they're going to kind of like start to know you and follow you. And then then, you you build up your base that way. And then when you start putting out new stuff, all of a sudden you'll start to create a little bit of a buzz.
3: Thank you. It was actually a happy accident because the concept of our rec of our full length record was going to be kind of that that idea of of paying homage and and starting where we come from and where our hearts come from as musicians and then morphing into where we're going to as musicians. So we just kind of did it in in halves, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, switching gears for a second. Um you know, th- this month, uh, you know, if you've been watching anything on HBO, a lot of the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is, you know, going on, and like, you know, uh, with the with the Go Go's going in, um, there's been like a big movement towards like, you know, more women, you know, more inclusive of women in the in the in the uh, in the hall. Um, this is kind of like a running theme on this show, but Pat
1: Benatar w- does not belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is get this
0: out.
2: ladies, what? please
0: back me up here. Please back me up. I I really want to start a campaign. I think she has to get in the next class. I I'm want to know your thoughts on, on who do you think sh- you know women who are not in the Rock of Roll Hall of Fame now who should be in?
3: Yes, but we want to know why Sean thinks. Yeah, that we
1: need to talk. Oh, 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 no, understand something, ladies. It's only because I hate Jeff. I think <laughs> oh, she's oh. absolutely amazing. I think she's fantastic. If I oh. if I had to pick five <laughs> women, it's <laughs> the biggest snub. Of, of, of it's all one time. of that. Yeah, that, that it's I definitely admit. one of. It's definitely one of. I would go Pat Benatar. Obviously, I would say that. I'm going to go. Cheryl Crow deserves oh, to go in. Yeah. My one of my personal yeah. favorites of all time, Melissa Etheridge. We like definitely definitely yeah. needs to go in. Um, yeah. I think yeah. at some point, I think it's it's a it's way down the road still. I think Grace Potter will probably go in too. I think yeah. Grace is is fantastic. And selfishly, I'd love Beth Hart to go in, but I don't think that she'll ever make it in.
3: Your musical you taste is think? surprising me.
1: Yes, I'm all over the place. I'm a little sociopathic when it comes to music, but it's totally okay.
2: I like it. I like it. What about Veruca Salt?
1: They won't make it. It's only two, it's only two albums, you know? It's Which shitty. is kind of shitty because there's a lot of great... I think Hole might have a chance of going in. Uh, love- oh, no way.
2: I love I Hole. do.
1: No, you, well, you talk about two albums and you talk about one album
0: being written by uh um, by Kurt and the other I, one uh, being written by uh Billy, Billy, Corgan. Corgan. Billy Corgan. Exactly,
1: but look, it doesn't make a difference how many albums you have. The Sex Pistols had one album, and they made it into the Hall of Fame, too. A
0: little different, they kind of you know, they really, you know, they, they were like the hardcore bad boy of. of, of Punk, you know, you <laughs> ha- you associate punk with the with the Sex Pistols. It's missiles. true, is not hero. Great. So it's a difference,
1: you know. Yeah. But but I want to know
0: what the what the ladies think about about the, the Pat Benatar snub. You think she has she gets in this year?
2: I would love to see her get in. I read her um her book. I don't know if you read her book. I can't remember what it's called right now. She had such a long. Uh, I think it's
0: called Hell Is for Children.
2: No. I don't I know.
0: That. I'm making that up.
2: She <laughs> <laughs> has a very clever name and I can't remember it right now. It's downstairs. I'm not going to get it.
0: Fire and ice.
2: No. Oh, it's like, I'm just naming the oh, songs. I I think it's called between a heart and a rock place. See what she oh, did there. Genius. It rock is Word. between a
1: heart and a rock place. Yeah. Yes.
2: Um, She worked really hard. It, it just was very like parallel to me. I feel like I, I've been in the music industry for a long time, but no one's ever heard of me until like four years ago. And she was kind of the same way. She sang in wedding bands. She sang in like nobody bands for years before she even anyone cared about who she was. So I feel like no one really talks about all the years you spent working up to get to where you are before anyone cares about who you are. There's so much pre-work that goes into like becoming who you are right now that, I mean, she was she was making like a hundred dollars per wedding, you know, but like singing her butt off. And then, um, sorry, there's a fly attacking me. <laughs> like really like it's coming at me. Um, she should get in. Yes.
0: You made a good point here just now. Uh, you, you said something interesting, you know, all the stuff you did leading up to, uh, the, the, you know, the two of you guys you got, what did you guys do le- before you became uh, a duo?
2: I I actually started as a dancer. I, I was always a dancer my whole life, a trained professional dancer. I had agents in New York City. I danced at events, um, big huge events in New York. Travel Broadway, never like Broadway. That. More like um, you know, pop dancing or R or and B dance, like um, events. Uh, some choreography, but some freestyle, whatever. And then I got cast in a girl group and I was a dancer and singer in a in a girl group. And we were a tribute to 80s freestyle music. Oh, so really? A little Taylor Dane? You ever um,
1: Taylor Dane look about you? Taylor Dane? No, I want to hear like some Judy Torres and shit. We did Judy Oh, I Torres, love Judy Torres. I worked like with Jose, her. Jose,
2: Pajama Party, Cover Girls george lamond go. tka like all the freestyle music yeah. we covered all of that and we had choreography to every song so it was pretty cool it was called buffalo stance that was a cherry. That's That's
0: awesome nine net cherry song right
2: yep and we oh, did listen, that song as I our might,
1: i might go on record and say i may have made a mixtape for a girl when i was like <laughs> 12 or 13 may have had because i love you by stevie V on it may oh may God. not i'm not i'm not not denying. I hope she
0: took. I hope she took that that tape out and smashed it in front of you as a metaphor. Like I don't want to. Stu- I want to smash your dumb heart. Okay,
1: Dude, I was the. I was the. <laughs> no, I, was the dork- I was the dorkiest little freaking kid. Oh I can. God. All right, you want to hear an embarrassing story? Here's yeah. an Embarrassing story. So yeah. I just you, want, you, don't, you, don't you girls just want to pinch him right now? Yeah. Just I like do, pinch I, his fat legs. I, <laughs> I have no problem embarrassing myself on the show. So I was thirteen. I used to go up to my uncle's house in Massachusetts for the summers. We would hang out. It'd be great times. And there was this beautiful fucking girl who lived across the street. She'd play basketball all the time. No idea what her name was. I was mesmerized by this girl, completely enamored and mesmerized to the point where the day that I was leaving, I put the boom box on the deck, faced it towards her and I played girl. I'm going to miss you by Millie Vanilli. Oh, what a f- Fucking
2: tool! I'm Millie
3: Vanilli. I, I, wow. oh,
0: I can't. I can't look at you. I I am cringing right now. Oh, I was so oh. bad.
3: Oh,
1: oh, I was such a little fat little dork. It was horrible. Oh, like, i did me. not uh.
3: think you were going to say Millie Vanilli. That Why not? Was, well, for, I'm. I'm just not going to comment. But what, that,
1: no, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it.
3: Because I'm. Because I feel like. That's not a good choice. That's not a great choice. Okay,
1: I'm 45, number one.
3: Yeah. So
1: when I was 13, they were huge. Nobody knew that they were lip-sinkers. They thought this was was like the next big pop group. Right. Until they went on TV and the the friggin' tape skipped.
3: But to me, you're such a metal guy, my friend. I
1: am. I'm diverse. I'm diverse, Kingston. I also had... Uh, i remember you by skid row on that mixtape as well hey, i also had i also had it must have been love by roxette but it's over now oh, I because i was that. leaving to go back to new jersey
0: I, I, I hope she found any any the next guy i, will, I made out with him in front of you
2: no,
3: just, can
0: no please, oh he does make
2: us that mixtape can I have it somewhere.
1: I, I am a mixtape and a mixed CD aficionado. Now, it's really, it's not as romantic as it is. What are you going to do? Make a playlist and share it? You know what I mean? I know, so, it's lame. It's
3: I, so I miss stupid. Mixtapes yeah. are the best.
2: Mixtapes are the best. Anyway, yeah. that was my journey to becoming a singer as I wasn't one until I was in Buffalo Stands. And then I got um, asked to be a sub in this big 80s tribute band. In New York, that was called. Hey,
1: did you have to take vocal Rufy. lessons? I've, I've seen them before. Yeah, they're very um, good.
2: I never took vocal lessons. I just learned on the go. It doesn't need those no stinking vocal lessons. And now Kingston teaches me everything I need to know. No, what
0: you, Kingston, you're you're, you're kind of quiet over there. What what did you, you do leading up before you hooked up with uh, Gray Star? You know, what was your musical journey?
3: So my background is as as I told you, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Um, But I was uh, a music and theater person. Um, When I first moved to New York City, um, I was also dancing. Um, But that soon morphed into rock music, which has always been my love. I was in um, a couple of groups with my now ex-husband, Tony Harnell. You may know him from TNT. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had a couple of really cool Slightly more alternative, not metal. It was more this, our alternative rock side, um, groups, um, and did a whole bunch of performing in around the city. Um, uh, I was a tour manager for a, a, a while, so I was moving around a lot. Um, I've just always been doing music, whether it be in bands or, or, uh, theater, um, and just very eclectic random crap, basically. All good stuff though, (laughs) all good stuff.
0: (laughs) Is it hard being um, a female rock duo in this business? Do you know, uh, you know, you could you hear a lot of like you like with Pat Benatar, you would hear like a lot. She would in, in that book. And, you know, I, I, saw excerpts, yeah. I read excerpts of it when she yeah. talked about how she would have to sit on like radio executives laps and things like that. As, you know, have you guys experienced anything like that? Anything like uh, on, on the uh, dark side of the business?
2: I would like to say thank goodness for Pat Benatar and that generation, because we luckily have not had those things happen to us. I mean, I, I've i never ha- had anything happen like that to me. I don't know if it's because I give off like a kind of a tough vibe, like don't fuck with me vibe. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but because of the women that came before us, I think maybe it's getting less and less. I hope it's never happened to me. I don't know about you, Kingston.
3: I used to get a lot more flack as a female tour manager uh, mm-hmm. than anything else. That was really interesting, especially surprisingly touring through europe um there was some just weird weird scenarios that I had to uh dodge around constantly like, like what um a bunch of promoters that um, immediately saw me with then long hair and immediately assumed that I would be up for anything. And I'm like, no, fuck you. I just need to get my band home and get them on the bus on time. Fuck off. you a
0: hard time with, you know, because, you know, you're the female uh, tour manager, kind of like uh, mess with your money a little bit.
3: Um, I would never let them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I just wouldn't let them. You just have to be... I mean, you just have to be super vigilant all the time. I would just more get, because I was young young and female and a tour manager, Um, just the assumptions as to how they thought I would be and how they thought I would po- possibly be too scared or too uh, timid to say anything. I, I never really was. I also... Having an English accent is sometimes really great because you can very eloquently swear and ream someone out um, without it being like the worst thing in the world. Like they kind of go (laughs) turn around saying, did that actually, did that happen to me? Did she just say that? And I'll be like, thank you. On on your way off your pop. Thanks. (laughs) Moving on. Cheers.
0: When you, when you look at like tough women in the business, I mean, and as someone who comes across as very sweet until you have to deal with her is someone like Sharon Osbourne.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, uh, I mean, there was something else I wanted to ask you guys about. Tell us about what is The Neon
2: Sessions? Ooh, we thought you would never ask. Um, the Neon Sessions is a little show we do on YouTube where we interview our rock star friends and do a couple of songs with them. And then at the end, we sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No, you don't. No, you, you, you don't. Yes, we do. <laughs> only, wait, the only person we didn't do that with was Dee, Dee Vernie because we were too scared to ask him if he
3: would do it. And then when we started rehearsing with him, though, it came out for some reason and he's like, oh, my God, you better watch out because in the next show I'm going to turn around and you're going to be fucking doing super califragilistic. Right. just watch it. I'm going to get the whole band to learn it. Yeah.
2: It's so funny. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a cool show that we've only done three episodes so far, but we're going to start doing some more next year.
1: And cool.
0: do you do this via Zoom or you guys are in a studio and shooting this?
3: we go to their houses and glitter the shit up with with glitter
2: space into our glitter verse
3: yeah it's really fun they either they at first they hate it and then they love it because also (laughs) we do some like rearranging of furniture and they're like oh fuck why did i ever think not to do think to do that before (laughs) right i'm just gonna leave my couch here we're like yes you're welcome
1: that's one thing guys don't like is glitter it's true guys don't you know what that is that's a friggin' mark. That, that's a friggin' mark on you that says you were somewhere that you were not supposed to
2: bake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool episode would have
0: been doing it with Mike's score. Oh my
2: oh gosh. Oh my god. Yeah. That's that a great be- idea. Who was the who are we gonna do next? Oh, Tony. Tony we're Harnell. i do Tony. Yeah. But Mike's score is a good
0: one. Mm-hmm. Too. Mm-hmm what do you guys have planned for the future what's you know, again um you know maybe you don't have a tour set up yet for uh 2000 uh you know next year but what do, what what's what's like upcoming for you girls
3: so much um definitely get that record done first record fully done and out um hopefully next year that's the plan um really start touring i feel like everyone's just desperately itching to get back out there so absolutely yeah so we're just we're just looking looking at um who we can support how we can do that getting out there um we're going to be playing a bunch with uh dd verney next year Nice. you know that i can't say the what his name with my accent i end up doing it american and that's so what are annoying. you talking about i'm like english 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 Dee, Dee verney english 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 <laughs> It's vernie.
1: Well, a lot, though. Happen, like, you ever like go to mexico and you watch a commercial and it's like it'll be a pepsi cola it's the same shit
2: that's
3: me that's oh, what happens to you I but i don't mexico. understand
2: what the other option is
3: vernie dd vernie ernie like that's uh, not good either no it's terrible good. it's terrible can we just it's- say dd Thank you. So we're going to be doing a bunch more shows with Dee Dee. Oh my Thank god! Fixed it. Yeah,
1: and he's got a new uh, like uh, rock, like a rockabilly kind of band. What, what's the new band that he's doing?
2: Okay, he doesn't like when we say rockabilly. Not allowed to say rockabilly. Yeah, I don't care. It's, Big, it's my show. It's what is it? Big band rock and roll. Rock and roll. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: I like saw Brian. it, and I was like, I like Brian Setzer.
2: yeah yeah and we are the backup singers for this cadillac band that's awesome and it's so cool it's 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 really a cool show but it, even though it's big band swing rock and roll vibe it's hard like it's heavy like it's 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 really cool we were on the entire album and now he asked us to do the live shows and it's just been really cool
1: Whatever you do, yeah. just don't tell him that this guy that you did his podcast with about 20 years ago uh, fell asleep at an overkill DVD taping in Asbury Park. Just don't ever tell him we that.
2: Won't tell him that. He'll okay. think that's funny. Okay. We, we'll tell him. Don't worry. <laughs> <mind. laughs> Don,
1: yeah. Go
0: Ask him your favorite question.
2: Okay. Oh. If you could be,
1: if you could assemble your favorite band that you would sing with, who would it be? Only guitar, cool. bass, drums, hey. living or dead.
2: Oh, bloody hell. I want the drummer from Def Leppard.
1: One arm or two arms? What do you make a decision?
2: uh, One arm. Okay. I need to think. Well, I need to keep thinking. I want God. I want Eddie Van Halen on guitar.
1: Okay. Can't
0: go
2: wrong with that. I want, um, I want Pando on bass.
3: Pandos from flock
2: of Pando. seagulls. Pandos from flock of seagulls. He's in Mike Score's band, and we are mesmerized by him. He's like an otherworldly uh, alien creature who's Superior like area being. Um, and I want um Mike Score on keyboards. Everybody, <laughs> I from flock of now <laughs> Go pretty forward. good band. Um, and then what am I missing? I want Kingston on backup vocals. Yay!
1: Oh, she just put you to the back.
2: No, I want... Oh, wait, I changed my mind. I want Didi Verni on bass instead of Pando, because Pando's okay, but Didi's better. Uh, Maybe I want Punky on guitar, not Eddie Van Halen. I want Punky on guitar.
0: How about about Punky playing rhythm?
2: Mm, No. No. He needs to do his... His point, his point. You know, do you know. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah. The, punk, the punky point.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah, I want punky on guitar.
1: That's my. All bad. right, Kingston, you're up.
3: I want Tom Morello on guitar. <gasps>
1: oh, that's a great one. <laughs> okay. We have you know Sean?
0: We've never had anyone uh, mention Tom Morello. No. Yeah, yeah he, he's a, he's probably in my a good top choice. five guitarists. Great. He one. He
3: makes my heart strings thrum whenever he plays. It just like goes all the way down to my toes. I love him
2: him and Keith are very good friends. So this might not be such a long shot for you.
3: Holy shit balls. That's exciting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I want Paul McCartney on the base, please. Cause he's tasty. He's tasty. He just is a tasty mofo. Um, Yeah. I think I want John Bonham on on the drums. Yes, because he's like living th- thunder. I know. Yes, And right. it's all
1: about it's rock and roll. It's it's drugs and it's cocaine and it's, it's whiskey, cocaine. whiskey and this is what it's all about. Yeah, and
3: just like the the ugh, he's just so, like that noise yeah. is just like oh, it's so good. Um,
0: Why it's hard to really cover Zeppelin properly? Yeah, really, that's is. right.
3: Yes, that is so <laughs> so true. Like when, um,
0: like when they do a song like when the levee breaks, you know. I've heard, you know, I've seen, you know, some of the great musicians try and do that. I would always go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, uh, ceremony. I used to work them.
3: Yeah. And
0: and uh, but I mean, no one can play
1: like the way Bonham can. There's two bands that ever covered Zeppelin and did it well, mm. and that's Great White. Who did an entire Zeppelin covers album, and they used to do a live set, which was amazing. And you'd never, you never a, believe a great this.
0: version of Babe, I'm gonna leave.
1: That's yeah, amazing. Train the band, the pop band Train, yeah. did Led Zeppelin two from beginning to end and released it, and it was absolutely perfect. Wow.
3: Well, what do you
1: think about Heart? Oh, she's a, she's a oh. freak too. She's an absolute freak. I love her. I had a crush on her growing up too, and her sister. I'm not gonna lie
3: they're gorgeous they're glorious i Thank would
1: have played millie Vanilli fan had they driven past me and, and 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 hold your boom box up we'll do that i would totally oh, yeah. do that You're i'm a a reading their
2: book right now
1: yeah it oh, sucked what it am, sucked am i
2: gonna do and dreaming but you know what was interesting well well first of all because me and amy are two women in rock we find many parallels with heart right mm-hmm. they're harmonizing they're in a, man, a man's world whatever but also Anne went to college for fashion and art. And so did I. So I thought that was very interesting. Oh,
1: that's cool. Where'd you go?
2: I went to um, well, when I went there, it was called Philadelphia College of Textiles and Science.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But now it's called Philadelphia University. Very cool. It got too big to be a college. So now it's a university. Oh, we forgot to ask him
0: Sean. How did you guys hook up with Mike?
2: Crumb
3: cake? Crumb cake?
1: Oh, I, well, oh probably, is, is that's people? what he does. That's his <laughs> motive. He brings pastry to goddamn shows and tries to lure people yeah. in. Yeah. No, he, he doesn't. Let it. them manage him. No, no he doesn't. He brings, he brings crumb cake to shows.
3: We yeah. knew him as the crumb cake guy <laughs> for months and months and months before we actually, we met him. The first time we met him was when we opened for Tiffany. yeah. And And then he was following us. Mm -hmm. We're like, he's a really cool dude. And then he kept talking about crumb cake because there's a British show that has crumb cake in it. So we're like, cute, crumb cake guy. And then he was like, oh, I'm coming to Blah Blah Show. I think it was Angel. Yeah. Because we opened for Angel. And he's like, and I'm bringing crumb cake. And we're like, oh, that's cute. Cute little, you know, banter. And then there was Mike with crumb cake. That we then had to take backstage in our heels my with heels. our crumb cake and shove into our band as as uh, Frank Domino looked on. And we you like know, excuse me, whilst we just put this crumb cake in our bag. Like Mike, Mike is, is a either. nice guy.
1: Mike is a nice guy. I love Mike. What he does to me daily is send me horrific dad <laughs> jokes.
2: Oh on my Facebook goodness.
1: On Facebook daily to the point where uh, I have to up my blood pressure medicine.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And question my life path as going into comedy that I would run into people like this.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: But we love him. He's a
0: sweetheart. He's great. But I'm so. As much as I hate you for for holding a for, for plain girl, you, you know it's true,
1: whatever that stupid Millie
2: Vanilli
0: no, song was. Girl, I'm going
1: to miss you very different. Girl, I'm going to miss
2: you. Girl, I'm going to miss oh, you. Oh, I forgot about yeah. I'll
1: Be Loving You Forever by New Kids on the Block was on there. Oh yeah. I
2: love
0: that. Stop. Song. Don't, don't encourage him, please. I'm going to see oh them in concert God. in July, by the way. No, no,
1: you, well, New Kids on the Block? Yes. My, in July, I'm going to New Kids on the Block, Elton John, and the Foo Fighters.
0: What are you, a gay pedophile?
1: (laughs) What's wrong with you? Oh, gee, Jeff, let me think about this. Oh, hold on a second. Let me go to a concert. What am I going to go see? Am I going to go to Iron Maiden where there's 20,000 metal dudes who are fat, sweaty, stinking, disgusting? Or am I going to go to a New Kids on the Block concert where it's full of 99% of 40-year-old soccer moms who are hot as shit? What am I going to go to, Jeff? You pick. That's a very (laughs) Iron Maiden made it where is new kids on the block playing hard rock atlantic city
2: Yeah, um, i need to go to that
1: you're gonna oh what what better way jeff to spend july fourth than just hanging tough
3: <laughs> oh my on, on, on that God. note i got
1: i
0: got we gotta end this show and i oh my and, we may not ever do this again i can't i can't i cannot
3: take it i can't my,
0: where my heart is now? palpitating. I, I I I'm 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 getting my car, I'm driving to New Jersey, and I'm gonna punch you. I can okay. I cannot take this anymore. Give
1: us uh, your social media handles so we can yes. uh, wrap this show up and get all our fans Please. to like all your stuff.
3: It is Kingston and Graystar two Rs. And an E in the gray. A yeah. R. Would you guys, make it
1: seem difficult? <laughs> not our fault
3: it's bob pantella, it's bob pantella with his fucking 2r situation it's always bob's fault everything
2: is all of it
0: no listen no shifts with uh to our listeners um we turned you guys on to tempt you know they turned mm-hmm. out to be really great you know you saw their their touring with a uh, maiden uh, yeah. in uh okay yeah. we, which is pretty good um you guys also folks you know we won't steer you wrong check out these girls E.P. it is really really good I, I mean if if it wasn't good i'd say you know okay check it out but i'm telling you it <laughs> legit, you guys are really good okay yes. you're picking great songs and i can't wait to hear you know the new album what you come up with and uh hopefully we will be seeing you live
1: shortly
2: yes you thank you guys. for having us I'll see you at New Kids on the
1: Block July 4th. Oh, yeah, man.
2: Fuck.
1: Oh, shit. I can't, I can't take this guy. <laughs> oh. Hit the subscribe
0: button, people. <laughs> yes, please, if you, if you want more of this banter. Okay. <laughs> I may or may not be here next week. All right, guys.
2: <laughs> thank you so much for having us. Thank you
0: so much Pat, for joining us. We really appreciate it. We wish you the best, and hopefully, we'll see you soon.
2: Thank, thank you. you. Bye,
0: Bye everybody.
2: Bye.